Hey everyone and welcome back to Pucks and Pages. My name is Steven, that is my lovely wife Liberty. We're a married couple with different hobbies and we try to bring each other into our interests by discussing the latest news in both books and sports. And today we are talking about them sports. That is what's happening. Yeah. Yes, sadly. This is also our first episode back from our break. It's also our first episode on our new recording equipment, so it's like all the firsts. We'll find out how it sounds later, I guess. Yeah. Or I will, because I'm the editor. Yeah. But I thought we would open up with discussing the NHL because there are some COVID problems we're having. The Vancouver Canucks have had 21 players and, what is it, four of their staff members come down with COVID testing positive. So a total of 25 people associated with the Canucks have tested positive. Yeah, it seems like the variant that they're experiencing isn't the UK version, the South African version, or the Chinese version. They're dealing with the Brazilian variant? I didn't know there was a fourth. There is a Brazilian variant, yes. The Canucks confirmed the source infection is a variant, but actually the last I had heard was they didn't even know what type of variant it was, just that it was one. Yeah, the, the last report that I read yesterday was that it was the Brazilian variant that they were experiencing, so exciting news. I don't know about exciting, but it is news. So they had canceled games up through yesterday for the Canucks, but I don't know if they've decided not to play at all this week or what's happening with that. Yeah, there's been really no updates yet necessarily from the NHL to extend it, but I imagine we'll probably hear something today. I mean, that's more than the amount of players that sit on your bench. Right. So like, yikes. Yeah. Taxi squad... I guess. Though it's the Canucks, could you really tell a difference? Yes. Yes, you could. (laughs) Probably. I like that you said probably. Like, (laughs) maybe? We'll see. Yeah. But we also had a lot of player health issues while we were gone, and the top one for me happened right after we finished recording the last session we did. Aaron Ekblad is going to end up being out 12 weeks for the Florida Panthers after the defenseman had an injury on Monday, March 26th on a fracture in his leg. And that was ugly. That was like, my knees hurt after I watched that one. Yeah, I think we both were on the edge of our seats like, do we tweet about this? And we're like, yes, we have to. Otherwise, we're doing a disservice. It's like his leg was jammed on the ice is what it looked like, and the rest of him fell one way, and his leg was just standing there still. And it was bad. To say the least. He left the ice on a stretcher in the second period in the game against the Stars, and he will be out for the rest of the regular season. And it says, into the start of the Stanley Cup playoffs, which, as someone who has a lot of superstition around her team, I would never say anything about that. He could be back. Just the, like, hinting at the fact that he might be able to play in the playoffs. It's like, okay, so now his team won't be in the playoffs, is how my superstitious brain works. The reality is, though, Florida is pretty well stacked. They made some salary cap moves. They have about $3 million to play with now in the trade deadline. So, like, they could do something. Yeah, I just wouldn't say that. Yeah. But we also had some other injuries happen. You had forward Riley Nash, who's going to be out four to six weeks, for the Columbus Blue Jackets with a knee sprain. More knee problems. Not as bad, though. That literally was one of, like, three or four injuries the Blue Jackets experienced while we were gone. Yeah, and he was injured in the second period of the game against the Florida Panthers on Sunday, April 4th. 
And then you also had Zach Warinski is going to be out with the remainder of the season as he will be undergoing sports hernia related surgery. So fun times there. Yeah, that's supposed to be happening technically this week. Correct. That surgery. So he'll have some recovery time. The Columbus GM has come out and said that he's been playing through the injury apparently, which, you know, my stance is just why? Why would you put yourself through that and your team through that? Hockey players, period. Athletes, period. Yeah. You also had Boone Jenner. Boone. Boone Jenner is going to be out with the remainder of the season with a broken finger. Yeah. The injury occurred when teammate Patrick Laine's slap shot caught him in the hand. Yeah, friendly fire on that one. Not the greatest experience, I'm sure. Yeah, he's going to be out six weeks to recover after surgery on his finger. I don't know if he already had the surgery or he's having it this week, but either way, he'll be out for six more weeks after the surgery. And thankfully, that's all the Columbus Blue Jackets had to deal with because that's a lot for like a two-week span of time. Yeah, they also had to deal with a a routing yesterday by the Blackhawks, but you know. Ah, man. Sports people, am I right? Right. You also had Blake Willer, who's out indefinitely with the Winnipeg Jets. He has apparently been having concussion-like symptoms, but they haven't formally diagnosed him as concussed or whatever. He's, he, con- he's concussed. We'll just call it what it is. Probably. Yeah. He was elbowed in the head during the game against the Ottawa Senators. And then the last injury I had was Bobby Ryan, who's out for the season for the Detroit Red Wings because of an upper body injury. He hasn't played since March 28th, so might be a little while. It was also a busy week in some other categories. Where do you want to jump to next to the NHL? Oh, God. Well, you had Edmonton Oilers forward Connor McDavid, who was fined $5,000 for elbowing Montreal Canadiens forward Jesperi Kotkanemi during the game on Tuesday, March 30th. I'd say you nailed that one. One of the zero I get right. So I particularly have a problem with this because we just saw a bunch of people who are out because of like getting elbowed and crap. Right. And like I thought Connor McDavid was better than that. Apparently he's not. Clearly. You also had Colorado Avalanche defenseman Jacob McDonald, who has been suspended for two games without pay for an illegal check to the head of Minnesota Wild forward Ryan Hartman on Wednesday, April 7th. He is going to end up forfeiting $12,500 for not playing two games. That is a chunk of money. Not really in the like big spectrum of things. Like, Don't get me wrong. The hit from uh, What's-His-Face was definitely like, fractions of fractions of monies that he makes where he's got the five thousand dollar fine it's just like well yeah that's That's like a normal person getting fined like forty dollars for something yeah i think it was like forty six dollars or something like that if you made like sixty thousand a year or something yeah so it's just like that's ridiculous but for a normal human being twelve thousand five hundred dollars is a decent chunk of change yeah no argument there obviously you also had Stan Bowman was named the GM of the U.S. men's ice hockey team that will compete at the 2022 Beijing Olympics. He's going to be joined by Minnesota Wild GM Bill Guerin, who will be the assistant GM for the team. The Olympic tournament is scheduled to run from February 4th to the 20th in 2022, and the USA hockey team is hoping to hold an evaluation camp this summer. But this is pending an agreement with the NHL players and players association and the whole like trying to get NHL players into the Olympics. Yeah, it's always a weird thing where they just kind of borderline, do we bring in 
players from the NHL, or do we just let like professional well, other athletes play? Most other countries don't have the problem we do because the NHL doesn't allow its players to play in the Olympics, or the Olympics doesn't allow NHL players to be in the Olympics. Didn't used to way back, yeah. Right. But other countries haven't had that problem, so we've always kind of had a lesser team. Until, like, the more recent years, yeah, where they actually started letting NHL players play in these tournaments, so. Right. But I think the biggest piece of news that came while we were on our break, or at least, in my opinion, it's the biggest piece of news, the Buffalo Sabres got their first win in 19 games by defeating the Philadelphia Flyers 6-1 to at Key Bank Center. They were 0-15-3. Since February 23rd. Yeah, it wasn't pretty in Buffalo, but they only tied the NHL's longest losing streak, so they didn't 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 take the title with 19, thank goodness. But, I mean, if you're going to pick any team to lose to the Buffalo Sabres and break their skid, it's the Philadelphia Flyers. At least in this house, if you're going to pick a team, that's the one you go for. Well, considering those are the only teams that we would root against necessarily, other than like maybe the Bruins, like it would be between those two, I feel like, in this house. No. No? (laughs) Not in this house, it's not. Just the Flyers, period. Not with you married to me. Yeah. (laughs) As well this week in the world of the NHL, Edmonton Oilers completed their sweep of the nine-game series against the Ottawa Senators for the season. I didn't know that. That's insane. Yeah. Uh, Also this week, we found out that Jack Campbell now has the Maple Leafs team record with 10 straight wins as a goalie, which is pretty impressive, because the Leafs have been around for a long time, so... I guess. I don't know that I think that's newsworthy, but, like, good for him. And then we had some contract extensions that went on in Vancouver, even though they're in the middle of their COVID mess. Okay. They re-signed Tanner Pearson to a three-year extension for $9.75 million. The Canucks also agreed to a five-year extension for Thatcher Demko with an AAV of $5 million a year. Yeah, it's a $25 million contract. Yeah. We also had a signing for an entry-level contract with the Nashville Predators. They signed David Ference, I think is how you say that name. He is expected to report to the Preds immediately and begin his quarantine and other COVID protocols like testing and stuff like that. But we did have some trades happen because trade deadline is coming up. Tuesday or Wednesday of this week at 2 o'clock our time. Exciting. But of course, that always extends out because if you're in the middle of trade talks, you can finish your trade talks. Yeah. But I think the one that I saw that had the most players involved involved your team. You had Brett Cannoli. Is that how you say his name? Cannoli? I'm Con- going to say Cannoli. Connolly? Con- There's an A in there. There is not an A in there. You made a typo right here. <laughs> anyway, so Mr. Cannoli. it's Connolly and Riley Stillman Henrik Bergstrom and a seventh round pick for the 2021 NHL draft were traded to the Chicago Blackhawks by the Florida Panthers for two Lucases yes it's the Lucas trade so Florida received defenseman Lucas Carlson and center Lucas Walmark yeah I was not sad to see Walmart go, but I was definitely a little sad to see Carlson leave just because he's one of our younger defensemen, and like I think there was a chance that he could be a top defenseman in the NHL, so it's a little sad to see him go. But at the same time, Borgstrom was a Hobie Baker runner-up, so like basically in the world of junior hockey, like their MVP. So I was like, ah, all right, like if... If we had to trade for somebody. And you get a cannoli out of the deal. Yeah, or a Connolly. <laughs> yes. That was the contract that Florida was trying to move. It was about a $3 million hit. So Yeah. And then you had 
Patrick Nemeth, who was traded to the Colorado Avalanche by the Detroit Red Wings. Detroit received a fourth round selection in the 2022 NHL draft. So, you know, I don't know who wins that trade. Right. Riley Nash was traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs by the Columbus Blue Jackets for a conditional seventh round pick in the 2022 NHL draft. Yeah, the conditional pick statistics or like information related to it was interesting because if Nash plays in 25% of the Maple Leafs playoff games, the Blue Jackets seventh round pick becomes a sixth round pick. So if he's better than we think he's going to be, we get a better pick. He's good enough to be that guy that's going to play in 25% of the game. So I'm really, it's basically a six round pick as long as the Maple Leafs make the playoffs, obviously. Ah, okay. You also had Brandon Montour, who was traded to the Florida Panthers by the Buffalo Sabres. Buffalo receives a third round pick in the 2021 NHL draft. As well, the Blackhawks made another trade with Florida, trading for Vinny Henestroza for Brad Morrison. Brought back Vinny via like a trip to Phoenix as well. So I feel like Vinny is someone who should play in Chicago. Right. Just sounds like he should. And the last trade I have, but I don't know if you have more, is Devin Dubnik was traded to the Colorado Avalanche by the San Jose Sharks for defenseman Greg Paterin. Yeah, I think this is a wise trade for the Avalanche just because Grubauer cannot be like the only guy. Right. It's a lot of pressure. We literally discussed it, I think, two or three weeks ago, where he's won 17 of their 18 games. Yeah. It's just, he's clearly the workhorse of that team. And when it comes to, like, a deep playoff run, you're going to need a guy that can do these back-to-back nights and still be a starter. And I think Dubnik is still that guy. Yeah. But the Sharks also received a fifth-round pick in the 2021 NHL draft. There was another bombshell, and it comes out of your division, so I'm kind of shocked you didn't talk about it. But uh, There the- was a lot to read, so I'm not surprised something slipped through the cracks. Right. The Islanders uh, made a trade with the New Jersey Devils for Kyle Palmieri and Travis Zajac, two bigger names from yeah. that organization. The Devils re- receive A.J. Greer, Mason Jobst, a 2021 first-round pick, and a conditional 2022 fourth-round pick. But the better end of the deal for the Islanders, like the reason they did this, I'm sure, is to avoid the cap hit. New Jersey's retaining 50% of both Palmieri and Zajac's contracts. Ouch. So I think the Islanders win that one. I would agree. They're adding immediate talent to their roster and giving up a conditional fourth pick and just one first-round pick for two guys that are ready to start. Yeah. So at a 50% rate, I wish I could get players on my team for 50%. But I did have a little bit more hockey news. The NHL is going to be discussing this week on holding the 2021 playoffs in a bubble setting again, just like last season. Yay! That's the right choice. I don't know that it is. It is. Currently, the regular season is scheduled to end May 8th and the postseason beginning on May 11th. This has been being pushed back like week after week every time Mm -hmm. somebody is delaying games. Well, and the Canucks have come out and said they expect to play the full, like, shortened season, but, like, the full amount of games for the shortened season. And so I'm like, when? Where? How? You've lost how many games right now due to COVID? But the NHL has already pushed it back for, like, three weeks now from where it it was originally supposed to end. So we'll see what ends up happening. But as it sits right now, that's the expected end dates of the season and the start of the playoffs. So, I mean, the one good thing is, like, it's less than a month from the projected end of the regular season. So, like, the amount of games that could get postponed is a lot less. But right. I still think it's going to be at least the 15th. Yeah. 
But we also had a decent amount of NFL news, or at least to me, this feels like more than normal. Well, that's good because I have like none as it seems. Well, go me. Okay. So the NFL owners have approved enhancing the schedule for the league with a 17-game regular season. So that's one more game than normal from what I can tell. I don't know football. It's interesting. So the Players Association agreed upon it, but a lot of players have come out and been like, this is stupid. Oh no, 17 games, the horror. So they, the Players Association agreed that players per game are going to make more money, but adding the extra game and it still being the same contract. So like they're, they're making more money per game in the future, but as it sits for this upcoming season where they're going to be doing the 17 games, they are only making, I believe it's like 22% more money for 36% more games, technically is the way it's considered, like percentage-wise for the breakdown. That's dumb. Yeah. But okay. So the players aren't technically making as much money as they're putting into effort for another game, necessarily, for the season. So they came out a little frustrated. Sounds stupid. So the preseason schedule will now consist of three games per team. I don't know how that differentiates from regular seasons, but all 32 teams will play in at least one international game once every eight years per the new enhanced schedule because they're trying to expand their football fans, I guess, outside of the U.S. Right. And the NFL kickoff weekend will begin Thursday, September 9th of this year, and the regular season will end Sunday, January 9th of 2022. The Super Bowl is set to take place on February 13th, 2022, so anyone who needs to find something to do for Valentine's Day, there you go, there's your plan. Book it. It's happening at SoFi Stadium in LA, or Sophie, SoFi? It's SoFi, you nailed it. Oh, good, go me. And the league has been playing 16-game regular seasons since 1978, so it's been a long time since they've done any expansion for amount of games played. Yeah, and prior to that, it was just 14 games. Yeah. Yeah. And per the CBA from March 2020, the NFL first had to negotiate at least one new media contract to make this expansion, apparently. So that's why that happened the last time we were discussing media stuff for the NFL. Why ESPN and ABC got involved. And Commissioner Roger Goodell has said that the NFL is expecting to have full stadiums for the 2021 season. That's a mistake, in my opinion. I think we can start doing sports this fall. Like, you and I can actually go to games and stuff. Right. But I don't think it should be full stadiums by the end of this year. I think it's... You know, we still have so many variants that are coming out right now, and we don't know how effective the vaccine is against those because there's just not enough data at this point. Right. And the, the funny part about it is, so, like, the Players Association more or less just came out and was like, hey, we're we're not really on board with doing in-person off-season training camps, so how are we going to make this work for us? Right. Basically, 300 players of the Players Association already said, they will not be attending OTAs. Yeah. So that's OTA. interesting. OTA. On well, the... I was arrival. ready for this. No. I literally put in my notes what it was so that I could explain it to you exactly. It's organized or- training allowance. Close. Uh, organized team activities. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I got one word right and you're like, close. <laughs> what, you're almost there. One third of the way there. You can do it. <laughs> in more Tom Brady BS news, though... 
A Tom Brady rookie card has sold for $2.25 million, which sets a new all-time football record just a month or less than a month since a different Tom Brady rookie card broke the all-time record of sale. I love that you say different because it was actually the exact same card. Well, it wasn't the exact same card. They have, like, it's the same rookie card, but it's a different Different rating for the quality of the card and the quality of the signature were different. So this one's a higher rating, which is why there's a, a difference of about a million dollars, just the how the card is graded, because it's the same otherwise, it's just the qualities are different for those two things. It kind of cracks me up because, like, for the longest time now, seeing all these Pokemon cards that I used to own that are worth, like, hundreds of thousands of dollars, I'm like, why'd I ever play those cards? I should have just put them all in sleeves and kept them. I think my brother did Pokemon cards. I can't remember. But I think that's a little different than Tom Brady's rookie card. Obviously. And I guess staying with the Bucks, we had the 68-year-old coach, Bruce Arians. Yeah. Who had promised that he'd get a new tattoo if his team won the Super Bowl. And it happened, so he's done it. He literally got the Super Bowl emblem and the trophy tattooed to himself. So It also had the Buccaneers word mark is what they call it and a logo for the team. Yeah. And on the banner for the logo for the Super Bowl, it also includes the score of the game. So 31-9 on there. Getting a tattoo at 68, I don't know. Wise like, investments? Well, not just like how long will you be alive for this to stay on you? But also, like, your quality of your skin is different. Yeah. There's less elasticity. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I don't think I would get a tattoo at 68, and I have eight tattoos. So, like, I think that says something. Right. But we also had the Raiders CB, Nevin Lawson, who was suspended for two games for violating the league's performance-enhancing drug policy. Fun. He will miss the first two games of the 2021 season. This is also a guy who has missed a lot of first games in seasons, apparently. Interesting. Because he hasn't played in the last five openers for the Raiders. Yeah, that's probably not a very good look then. Well, especially when you only have 16 games in a season. Right. Stop using those performance-enhancing drugs, dude. Right. But that has maybe led to this next piece of news. I don't know what positions everyone plays but the Raiders have signed unrestricted free agent safety Carl Joseph well you said cornerback are they different yes okay the safeties are the guys that play in the secondary the cornerbacks are the guys that cover the wide receivers what's a secondary so you have the primary line of people like your defensive line okay then you have your linebackers are usually right behind them and you have your cornerbacks that cover the guys that catch the ball when they're thrown to them And then behind them, in the very back, you have the secondary, and they're the safeties. I can't picture this in my brain, but sure. It's okay. I thought a safety was, like, special teams. No. Oh. No, they're definitely on the defense. Okay, I know nothing about football, apparently. It's okay. When football season comes back around, I'll show you all the positions. And then I'll forget it immediately. The Raiders have also extended left tackle Colton Miller for a three-year, $54.015 million deal. It has an AAV of $18.005 million. This deal has $42.6 million guaranteed. 
That is too much guaranteed money on a $54 million deal. That is a pretty good chunk of money. That's almost all the money. Yeah. This will keep Miller in a Raiders uniform through 2025. And I know he doesn't play the same position as the other people. That's good. <laughs> Do they all play defense? Are they all on the defensive line? All three positions? What, what was the position for the other one? Uh, there was the cornerback, the safety, and then the left tackle. No, left tackle would be on the offensive line. Why? He's tackling people. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Football makes no sense in my brain. You had the Seahawks wide receiver Tyler Lockett, who assigned a four-year deal for $69.2 million. It has a $37 million guarantee, so more than half. Too much guaranteed money. You also had the Carolina Panthers agreed to terms with former Pro Bowl CB A.J. Boy. He's now set to play for his third team in just as many seasons and the fourth in his career. So it sounds like he changes teams too much. It happens sometimes in the defensive positions. They're not always seen as like the primary signs. So every now and again, a guy just kind of flips around every now and again. So it's not uncommon. And the last piece of the NFL news that I have is one that I don't like talking about, but I'll say it. Nike has suspended its endorsement of Houston Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson amid allegations of sexual misconduct. You also have Reliant Energy, who is an energy company here in Texas, who has also confirmed that they will not work with him in the future. They have a deal with him now that ends this spring, so they're just not going to... Yeah, contractually they're obligated, but after that they're done. Yeah, basically. I'm sh- I was kind of shocked the way you introduced that. Like, uh, I'm not happy to talk about it, but you should be. He's losing all of his contracts. Well, I'm glad he's going to lose his contracts and probably make less money in the next year, but I'm not happy that it's more, like, sexual assault and harassment stuff coming out of athletes. Like, yeah, it has to do with athlete mindset and athlete worship and all this other crap. And, like, I just, I don't like that aspect about sports. And, like, for me, with hockey at least, it's, like, that shouldn't be what the sport's about. Like, that shouldn't be the news for right. the sport. Right, and Totally agree. you should be a better person than this if you were going to be a professional athlete who makes, who makes a crap ton of money. Thank you for that edit. Yeah, I can agree with you on that. I think he's going to be in a tough spot this year, which he deservedly so should be, and I don't think he realistically should be allowed to play this season. Well, the NFL is currently also conducting an investigation on top of a police department doing an investigation and all the legal stuff coming out. Right. And, like, that'll make his life tough for a little while, but I don't want this to turn into, like, I'm sorry to bring it up, a Patrick Kane situation where there was an allegation of sexual assault when it comes to Patrick Kane in the NHL, and, like, he's having a phenomenal year right now playing hockey, and it's been a few years since the allegation came out and nothing came of it because she was getting death threats and a crap ton of other things. And it just... It feels like there is this sort of mentality when it comes to athletes where, like, we're mad at him at first, but then we forgive him and he ends up going on to continue to have a career in sports. And I just don't appreciate that. I don't like that whole conversation. Or do we go even more in depth in the game of football with, like, Ben Rosselberger, who was, like, seven or eight times he was accused of the same thing across years of his career. Like, multiple times, separate occasions. It's not like this where it's all coming out at once. You know, I feel like a lot of people are like, well, if they're all happening at once, it's kind of convenient. It's like, no, 
it's happened over years. They're just finally seeing other people that will side with them. Well, it's like... It's not like a one-on-one battle. It's everybody that has had this happen. So I'm coming at this with a certain perspective and like... Right. That's just sort of my biases. Yeah. But just because it's all coming out at once doesn't mean it wasn't happening over the period of time they're discussing. It's just they finally feel strong enough because there's enough people talking about it that they can come out and say something about it. And that they're going to be supported and not just like swept under the rug like the Rosselberger situation. People always forget that the dude was accused multiple times and he paid people off just to avoid it. And, And so it's not a new thing in the NFL. It's just that currently now social media is very big about being present in situations like this. Right. Sadly, more often than not negatively than positively for these women so honestly i would say they're braver now to have to come out because well like like, fans are awful they literally had an injunction happen with the case because they're like he has a right to know his accusers because there's only one person who is listed on the case right and it was basically like at all um which because I, i agree with we've had conversations this week about that but but like now that they've all been named or a lot of them have been named and been like, strong enough to be like, yeah, that's fine. You can tell him my name and I'll stay on the case. They're getting death threats. And it's yeah, like... Three of them so far, yeah. I'm tired of the hero worship and the fact that people will automatically side with the athlete because, like, he's your favorite quarterback or whatever. And it's just, like, it's a hard enough situation for these women. And right. it doesn't need to be made worse. Correct. And, like... For some of them, they might have been like, well, I don't know what this can actually come out as, like what can actually come as a result of talking about it. And that might be part of the reason that it wasn't discussed because it's like we see all the time, even people who aren't athletes are getting away with sexual assault and like having maybe a slap on the wrist at the most. And it's like, well, if it's not actually a full on assault. Right. Is anything actually going to happen? What's the point of talking about it? And I think the fact that you have so many women coming out and having a similar story for this one guy, like he obviously has an MO. Yeah. And it's a similar story, but not an exact like word for word copy of it. So you can't be like, well, they probably just got their stories from each other. It's like, no, they all did this privately. And these are the things that are happening. Like, the similarities of him sending DMs to them. To make these appointments and then, like, going to a hotel to do it. And, and he's like, having some of them afterwards sign, like, NDAs. Like, that's that's crazy. Yeah, like, I would You know, know you're doing stupid things if you have to do that. You are you know you're a criminal. You're going to commit a criminal act. Like, yeah, it's just, it's crazy. But that's why I don't like talking about it. Because, like, we get into, like, this nitty-gritty about, like, sexual assault and harassment, and it's a bad time for me mentally and emotionally, and uh, that's why I said that. Well, I do have one bit of NFL news to finish with to avoid, you know, ending on that note for the NFL. The Jets did announce that they traded Sam Darnold to the Panthers for a 21 sixth-round pick and a 22 second and fourth-round pick. So Sam Darnold has a new home away from the Jets. Which is probably good for his career, because the Jets suck. So they're trading one person for three picks? Yeah. I don't ever like trades like that. But Well, well the Jets have a high enough draft pick this year again that they're going to be able to pick one of the top four quarterbacks. So it's just like, might as well move the quarterback that's not doing the things we hoped he would somewhere else. 
But most of the time, the people you pick in the draft aren't immediately on your team doing the work. Like, they have to put in a lot of effort before they can make the starting line. Is that what it's called? Yeah. And the unhealthy part about the way the Jets have been doing things lately, seven of their last eight first-round picks have already been traded away. So it's like they're not even keeping the guys that they're drafting. So clearly, you don't know football. Like, whoever's running this for you is not doing their job. But I guess we'll discuss the MLB. I don't have a ton because the MLB website is a piece of crap, and so is ESPN. But we did have a few player health issues that I found. That was, like, more than anything else I found. The LA Dodgers have placed former National League MVP Cody Bellinger on the 10-day injured list with a bruised left calf. I feel like for a bruised muscle, that's pretty long, but I don't know. I mean, do they have a day-to-day IL, or is it just... There's just dates. They don't do day-to-day like the NHL, so... So, yeah, that's probably why. Yeah. And another person added to a 10-day IL is Texas Rangers reliever Matt Bush with a right elbow inflammation. He has been coming back from an injury, and so this is just it flaring up, I guess. Right. You also had the Atlanta Braves placing right-handed reliever Chris Martin on a 10-day IL. Manager Brian Snichter has said that Martin was dealing with nerve issues and numbness in his fingers, which is never a good sign. Seems to be like a pretty common problem with pitchers lately, yeah. which is pretty serious considering like you have to be able to feel the ball properly in your hand and like to be able to put the pressure where you need it, that kind of stuff. So Probably why he's on the injured list. You also had Milwaukee Brewers second baseman Colton Wong, who has landed on the 10-day IL with an oblique strain. It's an aggravation to his injury while he was batting, I guess. Gotcha. I think he shouldn't have come back so soon. Oblique injuries are hard to recover from, even though it's like it's just a muscle. It's a muscle you use for everything. So. Yeah. And the New York Mets have placed third baseman J.D. Davis on the 10-day IL with a bruised left hand. I didn't see what happened, but, like, that's a weird place to get a bruise. Like, where on his hand did he get bruised? It just says his hand. Interesting. You also have this week the Oakland Athletics closer Trevor Rosenthal. He underwent thoracic outlet surgery. Oh, I, had, yeah. I had to look this one up because I didn't know because I'm not medically smart when it comes to these types of things. But basically, they remove a rib from your rib cage and sections of the muscle around it in order to relieve like inflammation and stress of the pain in your area of your ribs. It just it doesn't sound great. Well, I mean, the first person that lost a rib gained a wife, so maybe that'll help him. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but he is expected to be out three to four months due to that surgery. Well, he's losing a bone, so yeah. Yeah. Also this week, uh, Padres lost their Rookie of the Year, Fernando Tatis Jr. He dislocated his shoulder uh, while swinging on a strikeout. So I don't think I've ever heard of that happening before, but kudos, man. He must have been swinging that bat so fast. Yeah. They did announce that the injury will not require a surgery. It is going to take a little bit of time for him to come back health-wise. Did they have someone on the field put his shoulder back in? I, I would imagine, and then probably went and saw the team doctor shortly thereafter that. I've never dislocated anything, and I'm kind of scared of it. Like, that's not where you belong. What are you doing? You know, the most problematic one for me is my toe. That happened literally as we were leaving to go to Germany when we went, and 
the entire week I was walking around for the toe. You were was... limping around Munich for a week. It was <laughs> yeah. great. Yeah. It worked out for you because I wasn't walking as fast as I normally do because of my longer legs. So, like, I was taking short, low-pressure strides. You were walking at my stride. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> we had yet another problem with uh, people not knowing how to not use performance-enhancing drugs. You had free agent pitcher David Carpenter, who has been suspended for one year for violating the minor league joint drug prevention and treatment program. Well, he's a free agent, so realistically, like, he's not losing any time. He just can't play for a year, which means nobody's going to sign him as a free agent. I guess, but I mean, that's kind of not the point. Yeah. And one of the bigger things to happen while we were gone is that the MLB has moved the All-Star Game out of Georgia and into Colorado, which has sparked some controversy. Yeah, you've got the people that preach cancel culture as a problem, complaining and trying to cancel the MLB, which is irony in the greatest sense, but we'll avoid the politics side of it. It, it definitely is more of a punishment to the state of Georgia for the decisions that they made. I feel bad for the small businesses that are in Atlanta that are going to be affected by this, like the mom and pops of the world. But at the same time, like the state need to understand that the players and the organization are not okay with this. Well, I mean, here's the thing. When you are a business, the MLB is a business, you can make whatever choices you want. You're a private business, absolutely. And there was nothing, as far as I can tell, contractually obligating them to play this game in Georgia. And also, you, in this capitalist society, have to put your money where your mouth is. Correct. And so... Without a doubt. This is them saying, we don't approve, this is not okay, we're going to put our money into a state that doesn't have so many restrictive voting laws. Correct. So, they can do what they want, is my opinion. And you'd be 100% correct. I know. But something that you really seem to enjoy happening while we were gone is the San Diego area native Joe Musgrove threw the first no-hitter in Padres history with a win over the Texas Rangers. Let's let's correct that first statement. El Cajon native Joe Musgrove. Okay, but like whenever we used to say, oh, I used to live in California and someone would ask where, we'd say San Diego because it's just easier to say San Diego than to explain that we lived outside of San Diego. Same thing. Right. Went to Grossmont High School, which is a school that I played baseball against in high school. They mm-hmm. were in the same division as us, but never had the honor of playing against Joe Musgrove. So yeah. he is a tad younger than we are. So that kind of makes some sense. You would have lost anyway. That's all that matters. <laughs> I'm sure I would have. Let's be honest. But it's the first no-hitter in the franchise's history. The Padres have been a major league team for 53 seasons. So it's the second longest run without a no-hitter. In the history of the MLB. He only fell shy of the perfect game because he hit a batter with a pitch. And he got a walk on. In the fourth inning. Mm -hmm. It was against Joey Gallo, who personally I don't really like. I think I've expressed that. We we watched him play some rehabilitation games against the Frisco Rough Riders. And it's just, I was pretty apparent with my hate for him then. And it hasn't changed. His stance is just weird. Like, I don't blame him for hitting this guy. This guy looks ridiculous when he bats. Well, he's changed his stance, as I noticed when I watched the actual video. It's more normalized now, but yeah, previously it was just like, let me just wave the bat around like, you know, kind of like an old Craig Council, and I know you have no idea who that is. I don't. To the people that actually know baseball, 
It's a ridiculous stance. He looks like a five-year-old trying to reach a pinata that is slightly too tall for him. That's the way he used to bat, yeah. <laughs> I don't know who broke him of that habit, but thank God. But there were also some pretty amazing feats that happened during the time we were on vacation. Uh, Jose Abreu hit his 200th career home run against the Mariners. It came via his second Grand Slam in one week. I don't know what a Grand Slam is. I know it's important. It is important. It does things. So when you have the bases loaded and you hit a home run, it's a Grand Slam because it's four runs. It's not just a normal home run. It's a Grand Slam. Okay, never mind. Lost on you. Got it. Uh, No, I understand what you're saying. It's just, okay, and... Also this past week in the White Sox organization, Yerman Mercedes became the first player since 1900 to start his career with 12 hits in four games. So that's a pretty good statistic to be a part of, one of two in the history of the game. This is part of the reason that I do not like baseball. It's like they've got a statistic for everything. They do in hockey too, they just don't talk about it as much. Um, sure. And in good news in the world of sports, I know we were talking about Deshaun Watson and the negative stuff about sports. David Price is set to auction off his World Series ring. Not going to keep it. Yeah. He's going to be auctioning off and donating the proceeds to the Players Alliance. And I think I I told you a little bit about what the Players Alliance does this week. But the big mission statement for them is that they want to create an inclusive culture within baseball and the community where differences are leveraged to elevate racial equality and provide greater opportunities for the black communities, both in our game and places we live in, play in, and care most about. So it's pretty cool. Like, they definitely help with a lot of youth sports programs in different communities of, like, inner-city poor communities. So I think that's an exciting thing where they will have, like, camps with professional players to really like help hone the game of these kids that don't normally get that kind of attention. Because baseball is very much a pay-to-get-good-at sport a lot of the times. So like if you're not from a upper-middle or upper-class neighborhood, a lot of the times you don't get the same quality coaching and experience. So like unless you have natural talent, you don't usually come out of a poorer neighborhood usually. So Right. But there were also some signings this week. Uh, the Blue Jays re-signed GM Ross Atkins to a five-year extension. The Mets also signed Francisco Lindor to the crazy contract that he received, 10 years at $341 million. Lindor will make up to $361 million over the next 11 seasons. The contract will pay him $32 million a year until the year 2031 and 2032 season. Then after that, he will collect $5 million a year until the end of the 4041 season. This is just him trying to make sure he's financially stable when he's old and cannot play anymore. Absolutely. Which is smart because no one else does that. It's definitely not unheard of in the game of baseball. There's still a player for the that's a, a player for the Mets. He hasn't played for them in like 8 years, but he's still collecting like I think 2 to 3 million dollars a year. So, like, That's kudos. just retirement money. Yeah, absolutely. It's, like, kind of having a pension almost. Yeah. But that's all the baseball news I had, so. In the world of the NBA, we had a couple of injuries, but not nearly as many as everyone else, it seems like. The New Orleans Pelicans announced on April 2nd that guard Josh Hart suffered a torn UCL in his right thumb during the previous game against the Orlando Magic, and there is currently no timetable for his return. You're no Pelicans. The no-nos. 
Gordon Hayward will miss at least a month after spraining his right foot during the game on April 2nd. He will be reevaluated in roughly four weeks and was injured when he stepped on Miles Turner's foot while driving to the basket in the second quarter. Oh, man. You step on someone else and hurt yourself. You kind of deserve it. I don't think he meant to step on the person, but yeah. But he did. But he did. And Pat Beverly underwent surgery for a fractured left hand, and there is currently no timetable for his return, and he will be reevaluated in about three weeks. The article I read said that he will be missing three to four weeks, but he'll be reevaluated at that three-week marker just to see if it needs to go longer than the four-week period. And then also this past week, we had Malik Beasley. He will be out four to six weeks after his MRI came back showing he had a grade three left hamstring injury. I don't know what that means because I'm not a medical person, but I imagine it's not good. Like above a grade one sounds bad. It's probably a really bad bruise. Like all these guys are getting MRIs for things that are like muscle injuries or bruising. And it's like, okay, so you have a lot of blood pulling in your muscle. You'll be okay. Yeah. Everything's fine. Right. I think I want to do the weird NBA news before we get into signings and stuff because it's just weird enough that I want to discuss it first. Okay. So a Utah Jazz charter flight that was headed to Memphis had to return to Salt Lake City after the plane struck a flock of birds on takeoff. No, it was not a flock of seagulls. There were no injuries reported, just a bunch of bird death. Photos of the plane's damage emerged on social media, which is really gross. Don't look at it. It showed a severe crack on the nose cone and paneling torn away from the left engine. And blood. There was blood. Lots of bird blood. Poor birds. I don't know why they thought they could race the airplane. They're probably used to winning flight races. Or was the second thing that I was going to make the joke about, you shouldn't play chicken with an airplane. Chickens wouldn't be that far up. Yeah. But that was the weird news for the week. You had Brooklyn Nets sign forward LaMarcus Aldridge to a one-year veteran minimum contract. I don't know how much a veteran's minimum is, but that's what he got. It's a little more than $500,000. I feel like the NHL minimum is higher than that, is it not? Seven fifty. I don't know. The NHL's off the top of my head, so I wouldn't be able to tell you. Failure. Okay. You also had free agent Jeff Teague who signed with the Milwaukee Bucks after clearing waivers. The Bucks didn't stop there. They also signed Drew Holiday to a four-year extension for a $135 million max contract. With player bonuses, it can become up to a $160 million contract. This also depends on if he takes the option for the fifth year, I think. So it just really depends on how everything shakes out, how much money he'll make. Right. And then we had some fines and suspensions because people don't know how to be nice. Okay. So the Sacramento Kings guard Buddy Hild Hield has been fined $20,000 for directing inappropriate language towards game officials after the loss to the Milwaukee Bucks on April 3rd. Classy. Isn't it just? And then you had five players who were fined or suspended as a result of their altercation in Tuesday's game between the Lakers and the Raptors. The Toronto Raptors guards DeAndre Bembry and Fred Valvit and LA Lakers guard Talon Horton Tucker have each been suspended one game without pay while Raptors forward OG Anunoby and Lakers forward Montrezl Harrell 
have each been fined for the roles in an on-court altercation. Fred Van Vliet, like with a V, Vliet. I thought I said that. Okay. It sounded like you said Vliet. I'm like, I don't know whose feet. Fred Van Vliet. So people don't know how to behave. No, they don't. Which kind of leads into the next one because Kevin Durant came out with an apology for threatening and making profane comments to actor Michael Rappaport through social media. The actor had released images of the private messages via his Twitter. The messages included homophobic and misogynistic language from the Brooklyn Nets player. Durant was subsequently fined $50,000 by the NBA. Be a good human. Stop threatening people. Yeah, there's a lot more to the backstory about all that, but... That's what's going to be dragged to the front because it's the worst out of all the things well, that happened. Well, okay, but this is just happening because the actor, Michael, what's his face, was talking crap about Durant's team, who he's a fan of, apparently. Yeah. And so, like, I get you're upset, but it doesn't matter what this guy said. You don't need to be doing that. Right. So, like, I don't understand the position of, like, well, there's two sides to the story. Um. Not really. He still did what he did. Right. Doesn't matter if he was provoked or not. And then the last piece of NBA news that I have is the 2021 NBA draft is set to take place on July 29th at 8 p.m. Eastern. The first round will be televised on both ESPN and ABC. The following rounds will air on ABC. And the draft lottery will be held on June 22nd with the draft combine being June 21st through 27th. I also had a little bit of news. You have the Utah Jazz defeating the Trailblazers 122 to 103 for their 23rd straight home victory this season. So uh, the Jazz don't lose at home, clearly, period. Also this week, Rick Welts announced that he will be stepping down as president and COO of the Golden State Warriors at the end of this season. He's been in these roles for 10 years now, so... A lot of the golden eras of the Golden State Warriors was led by him. He will stay on with the team as an advisor for the next season, basically, to just try to help the transition to whoever steps into those roles, which is, I think, like a pretty classy thing to do at that level. The NBA also announced this week that it has plans to return to full-capacity stadiums all of next season. No. So there's that. There shouldn't be that. And the Raptors actually set a franchise record with a 53-point win over the Golden State Warriors this past week. The game ended with a score of 130-77. to It's a butt-whooping. Yeah. Sounds like one team doesn't know how to play defense. Or basketball at all. <laughs> a lot of people are referencing that this is probably one of the reasons Rick Welts announced that he was going to step down. Mm, makes sense. And then in the world of negative sports news, because you can never have any of that being avoided in the world of any sport. The ex-player Paul Pierce loses his job at ESPN after posting video with a room full of exotic dancers. Here's the thing. No one's saying you can't have a room full of exotic dancers. (laughs) Everyone's just saying you can't post it on social media. That's all. Like, who cares if you and your friends are enjoying an evening of exotic dancers? Just don't let everybody else in the world know. Right. Do you have any MLS news this week? Would you be shocked if I told you no? Absolutely not. Okay. The 26th season of the MLS will begin on Friday, April 16th. 
Austin FC will play its inaugural season this year, and the 2021 MLS season will end on November 7th, with playoffs beginning on November 19th and ending on December 11th. Schedules are up on the internet if you'd like to see when and where your team will be playing. We still have to figure out how we're going to use our credit with FC Dallas from two seasons ago. Well, I'm going to wait till we're both vaccinated, and then we might see about finally going to those games we bought tickets for forever ago. It sounds like the way they're playing us, it will be game based off of ticket price changes for the season to try to make up money. Interesting. You've had Inter-Miami canceling three preseason games, citing health and safety concerns. They were set to play Charleston Battery on Tuesday night, followed by the New York Red Bulls and Nashville SC. So I guess they also have COVID problems. And the last bit of MLS news is that Atlanta United FC will allow 50% capacity for its home opener of the season. The team plans to open the two lowest levels of a 71,000-seat Mercedes-Benz Stadium for the April 24th match against Chicago Fire. Officials say they will determine stadium capacity on a match-by-match basis, which I feel like that's an okay way to go about it if you want to start bringing people into your sports events. Like, do it a game-by-game, week-by-week schedule. But in the world of international soccer, a lot of things have been happening. Games have been starting back up. We're no longer doing country-based international soccer. We're back to club level soccer. Bayern Munich still sits on top of the table. They lost two points of ground on Red Bull Leipzig because they drew out this week and Red Bull Leipzig won, therefore gained on them just a little bit. But we still have Wolfsburg in third, Frankfurt in fourth, and because of your guys' win this week, or yesterday I should say, you've moved back up into fifth place. That's nice. Went from sixth to fifth, so big move this week, but... Yeah, it's uh, still an interesting season, to say the least, in the Bundesliga world. For your team, especially mine, we're not, like, this time of year, usually we're so far ahead of everybody that we've already won the title, so it's just like... Oh no, this poor season. It's strange that it hasn't closed it out yet. And everyone's hating you. Yeah, well, it is what it is. But in the world of Premier League, you guys are... Gaining on Manchester City because they've lost two of their last five games. Which you always love to see. Manchester United, on the other hand, has drawn two and won three. Therefore, you're closing the gap a little bit. You're still down by 14 points. That's too many. Man City currently has 74 points. Man United, second place with 60 points. Leicester City in third with 56 points. West Ham in fourth with 55 points, and Chelsea in fifth with 54 points. The defending champions currently sit in the outside of Champions League spots in sixth place, Liverpool, with 52 points. And my Newcastle United? Yes, where is your team on this table? We are currently in 17th place of Just out of relegation, right? Correct. With our win today, it puts us six points ahead of relegation. How many games are left? I feel like there's not a lot left. We have six games left, so still a lot to play. But I do feel a little more comfortable as to where my team is standing considering the situation. I mean, I wouldn't feel great looking at your schedule because you still have to play West Ham and Liverpool and Arsenal and Man City. I didn't say it was a pretty schedule, but Fulham currently has lost four of their last five, who's the team the closest to us, so I don't feel so bad. 
Don't you still have one game against them? Against Fulham? Yeah. Probably. I think you need to win that one for sure. Absolutely. And then hopefully pick up points in the rest of the games as well. Oh, and we play Leicester City as well. That's great. But that pretty much wraps up the news for the sports for the week. We will catch you guys on Thursday with a book episode. The better of the two episodes. That's what most people seem to agree on. Yes, because books are better than sports. Sorry to say. Yeah. I'm not sorry at all. But we will catch you guys next time. Make sure you're checking out all the social media, which should be linked in the show notes. And we'll see you guys Thursday. Bye. Bye.